How many have ever played hide-and-seek with your kids, your grandkids, right? Just um, I, I, just the, the, the thrill of, you know, when, when they would find you and that kind of thing. Um, however, how many ever ran into this scenario? Got a picture for you here. Um, <laughs> how, how, how many? Remember that one? Because they think if, you, if they can't see you, you can't see them, right? So... Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But one thing that I would do with my kids and with my grandkids is to, uh, like I'd get in a closet, but I'd leave the door partway open, right? So they'd walk by the the closet and say, oh, he's not in there. You know, the door's open, right? They were convinced in their mind I wasn't there, and therefore they didn't find me. So I'd have to, you know... or giggle, or, or whatever, you know, and then they would finally leave, like, ah, you know. But um, it's kind of like that with God. Uh, in the fall, you know, we talked about Adam and Eve this morning. In, in the fall, Adam and Eve basically declared their independence. All we need is the knowledge of good and evil. We can, we can do it on our own. Um, and since that time, in human pride, uh, many have already made up their minds that God isn't around, right? They're, they're already convinced because they, they don't want someone telling them what to do or what not. I was there, um, so I told myself, and uh, he's, he's, just, he's just not around. And yet, for those who are looking, God has always been a God who wants to reveal himself, Right? Uh, I want to share a message this morning uh, entitled, Here I Am. Here I Am. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this about God. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they, people, are without excuse. We can tell ourselves this and that and the other thing, But it's clear. You know, when you look at a hummingbird, when you look at the the beautiful sunsets, when you look up at the stars, when when you look at the central nervous system and how complicated, you know, our brains are and different things, you say, yeah, this just kind of popped into, you know, out of nothing and just kind of formed. And you you really have to be convinced or want to be convinced that there isn't a God to not see him. Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day it pours out speech. Night after night reveals knowledge. The skies have been speaking, right, of the glory of God. Actually, i got a book. It's kind of fascinating. The, uh, the constellations actually tell the story of the gospel. Did you know that? Kind of interesting. Maybe we'll share that one of these days. So God reveals himself through nature. Um, you know, we look in, in the Bible throughout history. He's revealed himself through prophets. He's revealed himself through the nation of Israel, right? Um, he's revealed himself through his word to you and I. The Bible, still the best-selling book of all time ever, right? Every year. Um, And there is so much revelation in there about who God is. 
But did you know that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us? To those who, who maybe already know him, but he wants to reveal himself to us in our lives on a regular basis. Uh, go ahead and turn to John 21 this morning. John 21. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Got a bit to read here. After this, again, Jesus rose again, had already um, uh, appeared in the locked room twice, right? We saw that. And now, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way, John says, Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, remember we said that's how John refers to himself, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put, out his, put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. Then they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them for historical accuracy. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. In this passage, the Lord shows us three things. Number one, that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us in our everyday lives. Number two, that Jesus wants to reveal himself through guidance that leads to blessing. And three, that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us in personal fellowship. Let's look at it this morning. First of all, Jesus wants to reveal himself to us in our everyday lives, in our normal activities. A lot of times, I think, we, we have a tendency to do the, the sacred secular thing, right? Sunday morning church, that's the sacred time, but this is work, you know, or this is playing with the grandkids, or this is this, you know. We, so we look for Jesus at church, but not so much in the other non-spiritual portions of our lives. Here's Peter. Peter was a fisherman, right, when Jesus called him. They left their nets to follow him. They walked with him for, for three and a half years, give or take. And uh, during that period of time when they were in this discipleship relationship, walking around with Jesus, they, they didn't fish. What did they do? Well, the Bible talks about Judas, who was the keeper of the money bag, but people supported very much like, like 
Christians today and missionaries, etc., people supported the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. So by their donations, they had enough to uh, subsist, the 13 of them all together, and, uh, or they got invited out and this, that, and the other thing. So Peter didn't have to fish. But now Jesus died on the cross. He rose again, which they're all thrilled about. What do we do now? What do we do now? Peter says, you know, coffers are getting kind of thin here. Um, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to work, guys. We'll go with you, right? So they go out, and, and look what happens. Verse 3, Simon Peter says to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. Then they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Imagine fishing all night long. And apparently that was the time to do it, to throw these big nets out at night and, uh, and haul it in, but they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. And he said, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. See, Jesus chose this very specific moment to show up in the lives of the disciples. Not on the Sabbath, not when they were at the temple, not when they were in prayer, not when they were uh, sharing the gospel with other people. He chose the time to show up right when they were in the middle of work. Pretty cool, huh? Right in the everyday stuff. And what does he do um, in that time? Our second point, Jesus wants to reveal himself through guidance that leads to blessing. Pick up the middle of verse 3 again. They went out in the boat. That night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, asked them, verse 5, do you have any bread? No. Verse 6, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. So not only did Jesus show up right in the middle of the workday, or actually towards the end of the workday, but they were unproductive, hadn't caught anything, so he gives them guidance. He gives them direction, doesn't he? He gives them wisdom, something to impart to them that will lead to a blessing. A blessing where? Uh, sharing the gospel? A blessing while they're in the temple? No. A blessing at work to make their work productive, to make their work fruitful. He shows up in the everyday to give that guidance to bless the everyday stuff. Right? Jesus not only wants to reveal himself, in our everyday lives. But he wants to give us guidance in order to add his blessing to it. Do you know that God's will for us as believers is to walk in his blessing? Do you realize that? I think sometimes, you know, we, maybe we get this thing that God's kind of neutral. 
and, and, and if we pray and maybe we'll get some good thing or whatever and maybe some bad things, you know, happen here and there as to trials and struggles. So it's just kind of a neutral thing and, and maybe, maybe, no, God wants us to walk in His blessing. Some, sometime turn, turn to uh, Deuteronomy 28. Look at the Old Covenant. Where, where Jesus brings his people to, or God brings his people together through Moses, he says, you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to, you're going to be the, the borrower, or you're going to be the lender and not the borrower. I'm going to bless you in the city. I'm going to bless you in the country. That is God's overall purpose in our relationship with, with him is for us to walk in his blessing, in his grace. It's been that way from the beginning. He designed Adam and Eve to walk in his blessing, right? Uh, Genesis, um, right in the beginning again, look, look, looking at Adam and Eve. And he blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply, right? They were designed to walk in his blessing. That is his design for us. Um, Let's say you're a plumber. Okay, any plumbers here? I don't think we have any plumbers. We've got people who can do plumbing. Um, it's God does not want you, if you're a plumber, to be an average plumber. Okay, um, that, that it, he he wants it that it be evident to the world around that you are different, that you are knowledgeable that you are skilled, that you are diligent, that you're efficient, that you're friendly and courteous and fair and prompt and cheerful, that you have a great attitude on the job. That's what God wants, right? Why? So that you're standing out from the rest. He doesn't want us to be average. He wants us to stand out, right? So that we are showing that we are in relationship with him, so that we're showing that we walk in his blessing. Nowhere is this more evident, I think, than in the life of Joseph. Um, if you remember, his brothers were jealous of him because his, his dad favored him. Um, so they staged his death and sold him into slavery, if you remember the account. Talk about real-life stuff. I like how the Bible doesn't, doesn't avoid real-life stuff. But look what happened, Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. And his master, what? Saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. There is something different about my slave here. Right? And what, what happened? If you know this story, he put every, he put Joseph in charge of his whole household, all of his goods, his flocks, his herds, everything. He put him in charge. Be why? Because he saw that God's hand was on his life. That's what God wants for you and I as we walk in his blessing as we get his guidance, his wisdom, his direction, and God blesses the work of our hands. They see something different in us. Right? That pagan Egyptian saw the hand of God 
in Joseph's life. And he probably didn't know who the God of the Hebrews was, right? I mean, they had multiple uh, gods in Egypt, right? But here's what, here's what Peter says. I like this in the King James. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What is a priest? Someone that brings God and people together, right? A holy nation, a peculiar people, right? That's, that's a good sense. I mean, I'm peculiar anyway. Um, but God wants us to be peculiar. He wants us to stand out. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God wants our lives to show forth his praises. Why? To draw others to himself. When they see the people that we are, the lives that we live, the peace that we have, the wisdom that God gives us in different situations, that we are walking in his blessing, even when we go through trials and they see how God is working in our lives. He is drawing other people to himself. All through the Bible, we see God revealed himself through the nation of Israel. He called them to be a city on a hill, didn't he? He called them to live in a different kind of relationship with him. Remember Deuteronomy 28, I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. I'm going to you know, bless you this, bless you that. So that other nations would look in and say, what is different about this country? What is different about this people? Oh, they worship this, this, this Jehovah, this Yahweh, this, this, they say he's the only God, the one true God, creator of everything. And look, look at what we see there that we don't see other places. Like people used to see America. <clears throat> right? God revealed himself through them. Even when God brought them out of Egypt, right? They were slaves in Egypt. God brought them out with signs and wonders and miracles to the point that in Jericho there was a prostitute named Rahab. And she heard about what God did in them. And what, what's, what's the Bible say? She came to faith in God by seeing what he did in the lives of his people, right? That's what God wants to do through us. Not only to reveal himself to us, but reveal himself through us to the rest of the world. Here I am, right? Wanting to bring others to faith. I remember, you, you've, you've heard me say this, um, my dad, when, when I was with him, and uh, he was getting up several times in the night, and I needed to get up with him. I just, I, I had such little sleep. I, there's, outside of the grace, the miraculous grace of God, I shouldn't have been able to function. And my boss called me in the office and says, I, I, I don't understand. I know what's going on with your dad. I know you're tired. I can see the bags under your eyes. But the way that you interact with customers and, and smiling at them and cracking jokes, how do, you, how do you do this, right? And I was able to point to him, right? No, no pat on my back. I was shot, right? It was the grace of God. Matter of fact, the, the best friend that I had that, that worked there was a, was a self-proclaimed atheist, Somehow he was drawn to me, right? 
and I was able to plant seeds. Again, grace of God, not that I'm anything. But God showed up in my everyday because I begged him, God, I can't even get out of bed, right? I need you. And I began to look for God's grace in the workplace. And I found him. I found him. So Jesus will guide us in our day, in our activities, giving us wisdom, giving us creative ideas, not only with stuff, but, and maybe more importantly, with relationships on the job. We, we don't always work with the most pleasant people who are, who are just gushing over to know that we're Christians and very supportive, and right? People that we rub shoulders with here and there. He'll give us wisdom how to deal with those relationships, how to overcome evil with good, right? Kill them with kindness. That's a, that's a leave out the kill part, but that's a biblical principle, right? Overcome evil with good. Pray for those that uh, despitefully use you. Some, if your enemy's hungry, give them something to eat. That's God's wisdom, right? Deal with those kind of things. But here's the key. Here's the key. And I, and I, and I said this, but it bears repeating. We need to be looking, right? When my, when my kids or my grandkids walked by that closet door because it was partially open, convinced I wasn't there, they weren't looking for me there. Ergo, they didn't find me. You and I need to be looking for him. Now that we know, now that we understand he wants to do that, we need to be looking. Looking and anticipating Jesus to show up Monday through Saturday, right? And I believe as we do, we're going to find ourselves seeing him more often, getting his guidance more often, experiencing his blessing more often. When John saw that blessing, he knew. Pick it up, middle of verse 6. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It's the Lord! Right? John saw this. He said, That's Jesus. I can't see him from here. I don't have my binoculars with me. That's Jesus. This is, you know, this is his blessing. He saw it afar off, right? Jesus revealed himself through the guidance that led to blessing. And he wants to do the same for us. Thirdly, Jesus wants to reveal himself in times of personal fellowship. Times of personal fellowship. Look at verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Again, I, that, that part of the mystery, right? Um, of Jesus being able to physically reveal himself or not. Um, so they didn't recognize him by, by his physical features. I don't know. That's, again, kind of mysterious. But they knew it was the Lord because of what had happened. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. A simple meal together with his disciples on the shore. Now, don't miss the importance of that. 
because we, we may not look at it so much in these days, but back then, to share a meal with somebody was a big deal. This was some, when you invited somebody over for a meal together, this was a big deal. This was an extension of, of a, a hand reached out in friendship. You are my dear friend. I want to sit down to a meal with you. That's why Jesus in Revelation chapter 3.20 that you've heard me quote says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Ever wonder why that was added on that? You know, open your heart and I will come in. Yeah, and eat with him and he with me. This is an invitation to something that is more than a casual friendship. More than a casual relationship. More than a religion. The invitation of Jesus. Open that door to your heart and I want to be your close friend and you mine. Personal fellowship with us. He wants to, yes, reveal himself in the everyday stuff, but there is also that part that he wants us to step away from the everyday stuff, step away from the activities, step away from the phone, and spend some time just with him. To talk to him, to share our hearts with him, our burdens, right? The Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. I, just, just, was it yesterday, the day before, you know, I'm thinking about different things that are, that are going on and, and the Lord got me again. Have you been praying about that? No. You know, how many things that, that, that we worry about, that we're stressing about, have we prayed? He got me with it, right? Have we actually lifted that up to him with a sense of, God, here's, here's this tough situation that, I, that I'm going through, and then set back and not only get the peace of knowing that I've put it in his hands, the, the, the one who's promised to work all things together for good, but then to listen for that wisdom. Listen for that creative idea. Listen for that scripture verse that I read back, you know, however, and now there it is. Oh, that's how it applies to this situation. This is how God wants me to handle this. To lead me to blessing. Right? All that can happen as we take the time, put everybody and everything else aside, and get together with him. He wants to share. The God of the universe wants to share personal time with you and me. That's, that's crazy. But he does. I mean, Jesus loves me this, I know, for the Bible. You know the song, In the Garden, Right? I come to the garden, what? Alone, while the dew is still on the roses. You know, it's still early in the day. That's a great time to, to get together. But if you're not a morning person, you know, i got to get a gallon of coffee before I can function. Okay, he understands that. Um, but whenever that time is, preferably not late at night, oh, Lord, thank you for this time. You know, been there, done that. 
but he wants to spend that personal time with you and me, right? So that he can alleviate our burdens, give us peace, give us joy, remind us of his love, give us wisdom, give you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Personal time in his presence. But again, we need to be looking for him in order to find him, don't we? I want to try an experiment here. I hope this works. <laughs> go, go, go to the next picture. Some of you have probably seen this. What I want you to do is for the next 20 seconds, if you see these four dots right in the middle, four dots right here, I want you to stare at those four dots. Don't move your eyes from those four dots. Just stare at them, stare at them, stare at them. Keep staring at those four dots. Now look up at the ceiling. You see him? No? Try it again. How many saw Jesus? All right, lots. Okay. So, sorry, Eric. It's 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 kind of it's it's kind of a to let you know, Eric. It's it's kind of a negative kind of picture that when you stare at it and then you look at something bright, it flips it around again and you see you see the face of Jesus. So he was there all the time, right? But we didn't see him until we really looked, and that's that's the point. We got to be looking. We got to we got to have expectation. See the gospel, the good news that Jesus bore our sins on the cross and rose again in victory, so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have eternal life, is not just Jesus revealing himself as our Savior. It's about him continually revealing himself in our lives. It's part of the whole relationship thing. We say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. He wants to show up in our lives a lot more than we're looking for him. Amen? In the everyday stuff, giving us guidance that leads to blessing and drawing us apart. Like me giggling to my grandkids, come and find me, right? Drawing us into that personal time with him. And through all that, through all that revealing of himself to us, he wants to reveal himself through us as we are changed by all of that. He wants to reveal himself through us to others to draw them to himself. And that's what it's all about, right? Remember what he said a couple places in the scriptures. He says, you will find me when you look for me with all your heart. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that you are a God who wants to be found. Not to force yourself, but to gently call. And you're there 
even when we don't see you. Help us, Lord. Help us. Of course, we, we, we know you're here today, and we're praying, and, and we expect to connect with you today. But I pray, Lord, that you would remind each of us tomorrow, in our Monday, in our mundane, in our everyday stuff, that you're there and that you want to be involved. You want to help us to be fruitful. You want to help us to find peace and joy and you in the midst so that we can go into this week with an expectation of seeing you. Speak to us. Draw us, Lord, we pray. And since I don't want to sing from the piano, let's just do this a cappella this morning. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Make it your prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Oh, I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Sing that in the car on the way to work. Right? Amen.